spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 150th annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory. Bullshit, my name is Cody. I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Uh, not doing too bad. Uh, praying that spring comes anytime soon. I don't know if this is... If there was climate change things and we were stuck in a perpetual winter, I don't know. Is life worth living? I don't know. I, I mean... Really, Minnesota has been punished enough with, you know, both the Twins and the Vikings and the Timberwolves. My God, how you guys suffer enough. You don't need fucking winter basically all year (laughs) round, too. None of the athletes will ever come here uh, if that happens. (laughs) Definitely. Towns is out of, he's going, he's leaving town. Yeah, I've heard they drafted some good player, Davis, something Davis. I've heard he's good. I have, I don't watch basketball. Oh yeah, I really don't watch it either. The uh, the Suns, we're gonna we're gonna watch them make it to about the second round and probably fizzle out. Hopefully, they make it to the finals this year. But <laughs> they're number one in the West. But really quick before we get started, I wanted to uh, you know start things off with a like a story. It's kind of a weird thing that happened to me like the other night. All right, let's hear it. So I was uh, it was actually publishing night it was thursday and when i got home from work i was you know kind of tired i took a little nap and woke up realized i didn't have a lot of time to publish so i was pounding about two or three coffees at about 8 30 9 o'clock at night editing the episode trying to get it out the one that just came out last week and i got it out on time problem is i had to you know then quit go to bed because i had to go to work the next morning so I kind of, I, I didn't get a very good sleep. I was in like a weird position. Uh, the weird thing is I, so I had a, I had a pretty standard, you know, odd dream. Uh, my brain figured out that I was dreaming and I woke myself up. The weird thing was that when I woke up, I like, I couldn't move at all. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I'm thinking, oh shit, it's, you know, it's, it's this is probably about at this time, my third bout with sleep paralysis. So I'm thinking, all right, I can't move. I can't speak. Like I'm trying to jerk around. Nothing's working. I'm thinking, oh shit, around any corner, here he comes. My fucking sleep paralysis monster, the nine foot tall alien that just hangs out while I'm fucking, you know, trying to freak the fuck out of me with sleep paralysis. (laughs) I'm thinking, oh shit, he's, I'm looking around like all the corners of the room. You know, my eyes are darting back and forth looking for him. Problem is nothing happens. It was honestly the most unsatisfying, like scary thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. So wait, you had sleep paralysis and the Patrick Ewing looking demon never showed up. Yes. Patrick Ewing's uh, maybe normal looking cousin compared to Patrick (laughs) Ewing did not show up when I had sleep paralysis. Wow. Considering how scary sleep paralysis was the last like two times that I've had it. This is like the worst, most disappointing one. I don't where, know. The, where was he? Where is he hiding? 
I don't know. It's like, goddamn, am I not good enough? What the fuck? You know, I think it's like, geez, cool. like, I'm all dressed up. I'm all whored out off. No one's taking me to prom. You know, here it is. I, I guess he just didn't have time with you. Yeah. Uh, motherfucker. I better things to do. He's lucky, though, because this time I would have fucking shot out of bed and tackled him. I think I would have caught him this time. Um. So how long did your bout last? It lasted. Well, while it's happening, it feels like it's lasted minutes, but probably only lasted maybe like 10, 15 seconds. Oh, damn. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm sorry that happened. That sucks, man. Yeah, well, it was my own damn fault. I had three cups of coffee before I went to sleep. And, you know, you wake up with the intention of only sleeping for like three and a half hours. That kind of is going to do it to you. Very true. Well, uh, one more quick thing before we get into the episode. Um, there's been a new brand new conspiracy making rounds. One of our listeners has messaged me. Uh, talking to me about it, which uh, I was like, yeah, this is pretty funny. So it's a new conspiracy revolving around Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. Now, yep. where they've connected the dots is they found out that Pfizer is apparently was sponsoring the Oscars, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Pfizer this year is releasing a new treatment for alopecia. So really, yeah. So people think they paid Will Smith and Jaina and Chris Rock to have this whole incident. So then there'd be like alopecia awareness, which then would make people go out and seek treatment. And then they would buy the Pfizer treatment for um, uh, the, the disease there. I see. Yeah. What do you that's think? A, that's an odd one. I have not heard that one before. Oh, this is like, at this point, I heard it about two days ago. Uh, the the gentleman messaged me yesterday, so it's fresh. It's like right out of the oven. Oh, nice. We're getting it while it's still hot. Yeah. yeah it's uh, honestly, it's a, it's pretty effective. If that, I mean, if that was their true intention, then you know, hats off to them. They fucking scored big with this one because. Maybe people didn't, you know, a lot of people probably didn't know what alopecia was. Pretty much everyone knows what it is now. True. So. Very true. Um, You know, it's, I didn't watch the Oscars. I highly doubt you did either. But I'm going to assume maybe like when it's like we return to the Oscar, here's is sponsored by Pfizer. I don't, that seems like a really weird place for that to advertise, you know? Yeah. Well, it's. It's kind of weird because anyone who needs like the alopecia treatment, like they they're going to be talking to a doctor about it. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not like they're going to have overflow into people who don't have alopecia. Yeah. Yeah. That's where maybe it just raises raises awareness for everyone else. Well, that's what where the conspiracy where I was is like, while yes, it's a weird coincidence if that's true. The thing is, is like if you suffer from that you're probably going to be recommended a treatment by your doctor or something when you go there anyway, right? Or dermatologist or whoever handles it. Yeah. Maybe a lot of people who have, you know what? I was just thinking about this. Maybe a lot of people who have like low grade alopecia who don't even realize it will maybe go to their doctor and be like overprescribed it, even though they really don't need it. So maybe, maybe something like that. Alopecia is the new... The alopecia treatment is the new opioid crisis. 
Could be. Or the new Viagra. <laughs> they just hand. It's Cialis so now. So basically, basically a lot of people like in the military who were given uh, like treatment for depression or given anti-anxiety medicine, they were automatically given Viagra. Like all, a lot of the guys, because they just expected, like the doctors would expect like, oh yeah, we're giving you all these medications. Your dick's just not going to work. So here's some Viagra too. You know what? For some people, it doesn't though. I'll give them that. But uh, you might want to wait till it actually affects you before you get the Viagra. No, I had friends who were put on such a big cocktail of antidepressants and uh, like the anti-anxiety medications that they were automatically like, we're also just prescribing you like this, you know, for your, you know, future symptoms. So, ah, okay. Well, I can say pretty confidently if you go to a normal doctor uh, now, that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you're I mean, young. that's the thing is the, it's weird because the military is kind of known for under prescribing stuff. But in those cases, they were just like handing them out like fucking candy. So, is weird. Very true. Well, um, something that doesn't involve boners. Are you ready for uh, this week's episode, Phil? <laughs> Don't judge our listeners that <laughs> that quick, Cody. You never know. But yeah, let's hit it. <laughs> On this week's episode, we will be returning to the world of UFOs. Moreover, an alien abduction. Now, one of the most interesting aspects of this particular alien abduction is the fact that it happened to two gentlemen simultaneously as to as opposed to just a singular person, uh, which is usually the case when it comes to alien abductions. I was kind of thinking about this, and I'm like, you really only hear about one person, and the only other case I could think of that we have not covered yet is Betty and Barney Hill. Yeah, definitely you only hear about... Um, like, not only, but it's you more often than not, you only hear people like experiencing uh you know alien abductions ufos when they're by themselves but yeah it's it's the barney and betty hill they didn't remember it right after it happened allegedly wasn't it uh was that the hypnosis one uh yeah i think they had like weird marks on their body and stuff but they weren't really sure what happened And, and they had missing time and then when they did the like regression uh hypnosis then it started to come out what happened to him. Okay, yeah. So they w- they didn't just have some big story where they saw UFOs and then it was more of someone basically telling them, like, you may have been abducted by aliens. Yeah, I'm not. It's something like that. I know there's missing okay. time involved. Maybe they saw it beforehand. I'm not. We'll have to cover them one day, but that's kind of a, it's a very big case. Yeah. Now, before we get into the complete retelling of this story from those who had experienced it, let's first get in a, a little idea of the landscape we'll be dealing with and who exactly the two men were. The place that this entire event would transpire is none other than Pascagoula, Mississippi, which is a coastal town on the very bottom of Mississippi in modern day It is what I'd consider a smaller town with a population of about 22,000. If you were interested in traveling to this particular town, (laughs) a few community events that are happening in 2022 include Children's Mardi Gras Parade, the Free Flowin' Fest, 
and my personal favorite, uh, Scam Slam X with free free lunch provided by AARP. So, Phil, now, (laughs) the thing I couldn't quit laughing, when you have Scam Slam X, okay, that means there's 10... 10 prior scam slams, right? And definitely it, it's and is provided by AARP, which is just like sucking in the old people. Oh, definitely. Well, from that name, it kind of sounds like Gen X may have invented it. And you Gen X are actually getting into their 50s. So, very it's true. it's probably it's probably a very good thing that they, you know, are helping old people not getting scammed, but AARP known as one of the, you know, the biggest scams to hit <laughs> old people ever. So, coordinated effort pretty much allegedly, of course. Look, I know but, I know my mind's inappropriate, but when I read Children's Mardi Gras parade, I just felt like that sounds really inappropriate. Yeah, I'm guessing it's uh, a lot less of the the drinking and yeah. the running around naked yeah. that the uh, the normal Mardi Gras parade has. <laughs> you know, it's probably probably a bit more tamer. Yeah, actually, I have been to I've been to Shreveport, Mississippi, uh, which is on the coast of Mississippi. So it's I've got to say, from what I experienced, coastal Mississippi probably like leagues better than like you know, inland Mississippi. I'm guessing, I'm guessing that people in this story can probably read and have, (laughs) you know, ridden in a car before. Don't worry. We got, I got a lot of quotes from these guys and we're going to hear audio of them. Oh, they're very, very, uh, deep Mississippi accent there. Um, so yeah, I was funny because I was going to ask if you've ever been to Mississippi. I never have. Um, so were you there for a long time or just like a short period? I, I was there for a few, for about a week and a half, about two weeks. So we were there for some uh, military training stuff. So you didn't go in the swamp and see an old man nope. hitting his banjo or anything? No, nope, I didn't fight a single gator. I didn't, <laughs> uh, no, nothing like that. I didn't get lost in any backwoods and, you know, see the devil out there, whatnot. Whatever people in the south, you know, in the backwoods, the deep, deep south claim to see out there okay all right well uh maybe next time you go there or if i go there we'll we'll experience that now yeah i did actually go to a walmart there and i've got to say walmart 10 o'clock at night in the south quite interesting it's very prime for people watching yep definitely I, i always assumed like the people of walmart most of them are southern walmarts i can't say for certain but um, a lot of country WalMarts. Have you you've seen the people of Walmart before, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think the the people of Walmart, like Mississippi edition, is like the big leagues of that. Though <laughs> it was it was pretty uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> now, as for the two gentlemen involved with the alien abduction, now the first gentleman was forty two year old Charles Hick- Hickson. Uh, who at the time was the foreman of F.B. Walker and Sons Shipyard. The second man involved was 19-year-old Kelvin Parker. From what I can discern, Charles Hickson had gotten Calvin Parker a job at the shipyard, but it doesn't really explain their connection. Perhaps they're just friends or something like that. Now, Kelvin, who obviously had no idea... He was about to be abducted by aliens. Was uh, so he got the job, 
just to basically pay for the wedding that he was supposed to have in a month. And okay. some of these quotes I'm going to be reading you from Calvin are him in modern day, not back then. So this will make more sense. But Calvin uh, would go on to tell reporters, quote, I wanted to get married, wanted to have children, wanted to have grandchildren, wanted to buy a house, retire and fish. So the retiring and fishing has came about, but it was a long battle to get there. So um, you can tell by his quote, uh, he doesn't include G's when it goes into the words with I-N-G at the end, which is yep. very country. Yes, it's a very hard in, I'm guessing, at the end <laughs> with no ing. Yeah. I, I love how it's, it, uh, his whole goal is like basically exist and make sure there's time for fishing. Yes, procreate and fish when you're all done working. <laughs> yeah. Basically, fuck, stop working, go fishing, pretty much. That was, uh, that's the whole thing. I do, I, I, it's a little weird. Normally, so he's 19 years old. He's doing this to get married. It must be a thing from back then. But nowadays, you you know, you get the job, you do it for a few years, and then you get married. Back then, it must have been like you just decide the girl you're humping right now, she's good enough, and I need a job to pay for this big party before we you know move in together. So this is the 70s, right? Um, okay. So, but it's Mississippi, so it's more like the mid 50s. Like technically, Kelvin. At the age of 19, he's almost wasting away. He's, you know, almost the past the age of an eligible bachelor. Like, if he waits another year, nobody's going to marry him. Oh, yeah. He's probably going to, you know, probably going to worry about getting injured on a shipyard accident <laughs> in his 30s, dying then. So, yeah, I can't imagine it was the safest job working at a shipyard in the 1970s in Mississippi. But who am I to say? Maybe it was. Yeah, I think I'm not exactly sure when the like the the big shipping crates that we see now actually came in, but it was actually still kind of like a shipyard. I think even back in like the 50s and 60s was still kind of run the same way it was like back in the 18 and 1900s, where you just basically had like goods, like basically being lifted up by cranes, like in sacks and shit, you know, Mm, I imagine a lot more deaths at work oh yeah a lot more crushing industry <laughs> yeah. or a lot more a lot more crushing injury industry injuries yeah and shit. <laughs> now ironically the day of the alien abduction it would take place on calvin's first ever day first ever uh shift at the shipyard <laughs> so that's not great for him um the day was october 11th 1973 it was after the two men's shifts had ended, uh, Charles would ask Calvin, hey, buddy, you want to come fishing with me? But there was a problem. Young Calvin, he was new to the town, and he hadn't brought his fishing gear with him, but Charles offered to let Calvin use his fishing gear. Calvin said this later, Now, for a man that loves to fish from the south to offer you his fishing equipment, that's like him offering you his wife. Just unheard of. So, you know, he, according to that quote, when a man in the South offers to let you use his fishing equipment, it would be an insult to turn him down. Oh, definitely. Just like if he offered to let you fuck his wife, it'd be an insult not to. Jesus Christ. What kind of a quote is that? 
Like, seriously. Yeah, it's a little weird. <laughs> you can fuck my wife, but don't you dare touch my fishing equipment. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm going to be gone for about three and a half hours, so you two have fun, but I'm going to go catch me some trout. <laughs> yeah, you guys have fun with that sick stuff. I got to go catch this big bass down here. <laughs> All right, now they would be fishing out of the Pascagoula River, and at first they tried one spot, but found that the bugs were becoming too big of a nuisance for them, so they decided to head to a different location, but at the second location, there were signs indicating, you know, don't trespass here, but Charles said, do not worry, I fish here all the time. So the two men would walk down to an old pier cast our lines out into the water, and wait until uh, fish took their bait. Now, it doesn't exactly say how much time had passed from when they started fishing until the event I'm about to tell you about here, Uh, but Kelvin would later say this. I distinctly remember I was looking at a boat across. It was an old oar boat that they do the weather with, and it was made out of steel. And I was thinking to myself, now, how does something made out of steel float? <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> the uh, the schools down south are known for being <laughs> wonderful. So, yeah, especially in, in Mississippi. So remember 1970s. We can't judge them all now. OK. Oh, OK. Yeah. Uh, probably not much different. But yeah, you're right. Now, this picture here you see here, um, this yes. is the dock they were fishing off of. It, <laughs> it doesn't look real safe. Is that a, is that a picture of it taken today or was that? Back I know then? this is from before. This is old. This God, is old there are no wonder they're seeing <laughs> shit. They probably just got infected with tetanus. Holy shit! I know. Look I, at that fucking thing. <laughs> it's like literally looks like sheet metal with little pieces of board holding it up. It's looks rickety it looked, as hell. It looked like it was a, a decent looking dock for like civilians, but then there was a boat that rammed it really hard and started on fire and they just took away the wreckage and all that's left is what's left of the pier. That's what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's an inner, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of fish there, but uh, man, that, that dock just does not look safe at all. Oh no, definitely. You're going to get stabbed on that thing. It's not, yeah. this is not like the, the Opie Taylor, like idea, like what you think of when you go fish on a little pier, you know, for, they're little boats. This is this thing is fucking destroyed. This is this this they need to honestly for public safety reasons, they need to fucking tear this shit down. Maybe that's why there's like a no trespassing sign there. Oh, definitely. I yeah. I'm guaranteeing you somebody lost a fucking limb because they got a f- infection from that metal cutting them. <laughs> definitely. Now, according to Kelvin Around the same time that uh, he was witnessing the boat, the two men started to notice a blue hazy light coming from behind them. Now, Calvin's first inclination was that the cops had spotted them trespassing and they're about to get into trouble. As they turned around, the two men quickly realized that it was not the police. And it was, in fact, a long oval craft that was hovering about two feet off of the ground and was emitting super bright lights. Looking closely into the lights, they could start to make out the silhouettes of what looked like, this is how they initially described it, 
three bulky-looking creatures that were coming straight towards them. Upon closer examination, it appears as if they were three gray, legless beings floating towards them, which one of them had no neck, I guess, and uh, their hands were like mittens or like crab claws. Now, God, Lindsey Lindsey Graham, (laughs) I knew it. Is this the Graham family coming to visit Mississippi here? (laughs) Y'all getting our spacecraft now, you kids? (laughs) (laughs) Now, the picture you see below, this is kind of their drawing of what they look like. Um, A very unique looking alien, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's so it's what if you grew up in the 1950s, it's kind of what popular culture probably would have told you like an alien robot looking thing would look like. That's my first initial reaction when I see it. The day the earth stood still. That's what it reminds me of. Yes, exactly. Yep. Perfect. So that's exactly what it reminds me of. Obviously, these two here um, are the gentlemen. I'm assuming you can tell which one is the 42-year-old and which one's the 19-year-old. Uh. Yes, but as we as we all know, people back then looked a lot older. So the 19-year-old actually kind of looks like he's in his mid-30s. True. But, yeah. The 42-year-old, you'd be like, no, nah, actually, he's he's a sophomore in high school. He's What are you talking about? He's still young. Don't mind his oh, balding yeah. there. For back then, they just didn't even know what moisturizer was at all. And I'm assuming <laughs> the other picture is what they believed the ship look like like when they turned around and it was sitting there yeah that's what it looks like they're they're the two men are holding fishing poles and they're both wearing hats and then there's a it looks like a god it looks yeah it kind of looks like a um like a pea pod or something like that it looks a little weird i mean it's pretty close to the typical saucer shape though yeah it is it just has like two well, look like eyeballs, but I'm assuming those are the lights. Yes. Now, according to Calvin, uh, before they could even realize it, the mysterious creatures had actually reached their location and grabbed the two of them and started to escort them towards the ship. Calvin said right before they reached the doorway that headed into the ship, one of the creatures stopped and gave him an injection which Calvin referred to as the, quote, go-to-hell shot, which apparently instantly calmed him down and gave him an almost uh, melancholic attitude, like all the fear was just completely erased from his mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, They then would have Calvin enter the ship and escort him to a room which contained an examination table that was made entirely of glass, Once Kelvin laid on said table, the bulky gray alien then exited exited the room. So the the shot thing, um, I I feel like that's kind of common, like something to calm humans down. Usually it's like a wand or something, right? Yeah, usually it's kind of like telepathic powers or some kind of, you know, uh, like a like a bright light or. Kind of like a, like a disabling or, a, you know, something to make you feel like you're paralyzed is. But, yeah, I've never really heard of it being like an intravenous needle before. I, maybe these are like not as advanced aliens. Uh, Alabama aliens. Yeah. Roll tide yeah, aliens. They're just coming from next door. <laughs> the 
call them roll tide aliens. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, this is where Nick Save Nick Saban came from. I'm guessing. Um, but yeah, it's just a very, a very interesting scenario. They just kind of, instead of, and in a lot of these abductions, they usually like incapacitate them. Then they carry them onto the ship themselves versus they actually like walk them into the ship. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just from looking at the picture of these two dudes, they look like the type of two dudes who would fight back from this kind of situation. So I mean, here's I'm a, guessing. Well, I'm guessing this the the thing is it's it's kind of like a almost like you're in shock, like that yeah, kind of situation. I was just gonna say that if you were chilling, fishing in the middle of the night, and some creatures come up to you, you might be kind of paralyzed with fear, or at least try to yeah. run away. I would imagine. Yeah, it's it's one of those deals too. It's I mean, obviously you know my uh, well my first and possibly second like explanations for this are going to be for the situation. Right. But I always, I always, it always, it's so fascinating, not so much the aliens and not so much like the situation. It's always how compliant people can be, you know, like in their own stories, even you hear people who should be like, if you kind of like get their background, get their story, you would think they should be like fighting back or running away or doing something like this. And everyone's just always kind of okay with it, you know? That's a good point. I actually didn't even, I've never even thought about that, but uh, that is a good point. They are very, very compliant, aren't they? Yeah, these are two dock workers from, you know, southern Southern Mississippi. Uh, They don't seem like the, you know, kind of go along with it compliant kind, you know. God-fearing folk, I imagine. Yeah, they both look pretty gruff, so. (laughs) Very true. Um, Yeah. Now, back on the ship, after the alien had exited the room, Calvin claimed that something would come out of the ceiling, uh, roughly the size of a deck of cards, and started to, like, circle around him and was making a series of, like, clicking noises, similar to how how a camera works. But Calvin also mentioned it reminded him of kind of how an uh, MRI works. Now, Charlie, from his point of view, this happened to him as well. He was on the ship in the examining room, but he claims it looked like a giant eyeball type device had came down and was doing the same thing, kind of circling around him, taking pictures, all of that shit. Uh, After it was done, the device shot back up into the ceiling. Uh, Then this is when a different kind of being had actually entered the room uh, Calvin said she was normal. Matter of fact, if I'd been in a barroom drinking or something and was single, you know, at the time, I'd have probably asked her out on a date. Her two middle fingers were real longer than what an average person's would be. Um, so, Ooh. okay. I got to so, Yes, go ahead. So I got to jump in here. This is, uh, it's, it's feeling a lot like sleep paralysis. So... If you've ever heard of like during dreams, one of the, so one of the ways that you can always like know if you're dreaming is actually try to turn on and off the lights. Apparently our brains don't really understand how um, light switches work. But another thing is in your dreams, look at people's hands in your dreams. People will have like super long fingers apparently that I've heard. And that's one of the ways to like be able to tell if you're dreaming or not is to actually like look at your hands. Huh? Interesting. Um, 
it's funny you say that because that is a possible explanation uh, that we'll kind of talk about later in the episode. But I was not aware that people's fingers look longer. I wonder why that is. Yeah, that's it's just what I've heard. But I'm not I mean, I've, I've never really experienced it. That I mean, every time I've had a dream and like hands, I have noticed that like sometimes hands do look weird. But um, I have heard that people um, like one of the ways you can tell is like like hands will look re- really weird. So obviously I mentioned I didn't I know it's kind of like jumping forward a bit. But I mean, sleep paralysis is always suspect number one. So right. So it's, it's the usual fucking uh, yeah, the usual suspect, especially, basically. Especially since you basically just experienced it a week ago. Well, yeah. I mean, it's kind of... Uh, I've never had it where I kind of was in a place where I wasn't usually sleeping. It always happens to me in bed. So it's never happened to me like when I'm out, you know, if I was out like camping or something like that or fishing, you know, and kind of be- like, you know, took a little nap while I was sitting there. If you had sleep paralysis while you're camping... And then this big Patrick Ewing-looking motherfucker comes walking at you with a fedora on. That'd be scary. Oh, yeah, definitely. Very, <laughs> very much so. Now, usually after hearing a lady alien entering the room, you'd expect to have some sort of sexual thing happen. That's usually how these stories go. But yeah. according to Calvin, this female alien instead pride open his jaw and thrust her right hand down his throat being that her fingers uh, were abnormally long it caused him to start gagging and Kelvin claimed that using her big fingers she started to like scratch his throat really bad from the inside Uh, after Mm. the woman removed her hand from his throat the woman started then to make a really weird noise Calvin said I don't know if you've ever heard an alligator's mating call where they vibrate the whole air around you, but that's how it sounded. So his woman put her hands down his throat, and now she is making an alligator mating call. Wow, that's uh, that's <laughs> pretty. Cr- no, I've I've never even heard of anyone describing an alligator's mating call ever. <laughs> so, but it's funny because you can kind of imagine it when you know. When you hear how he was talking about it. Yeah, that's, I mean, uh, that's pretty crazy. It's, did, uh, well, I suppose we'll find out in a bit, but did the older gentleman, did he have any of, like, another type of, you know, humanoid or anything come into the room? So, from what I've gathered from this, they both had the same experience, but uh, the only real difference is, is kind of how kind of how they viewed what the aliens look like a little bit and what that little device coming out of the ceiling looks like. Other than that, it seemed like they both had the exact same experience. Okay. Gotcha. So I'm assuming the, all of this that I got was mostly from Calvin's explanation um, because it's more recent, but I'm pretty positive. They both had the exact same thing happen to him. So, so Calvin, this happened to him when he was 19, Yeah, but he's recalling it as an older gentleman. Yeah. Like recently from the past. Yeah. But we'll find out. Charlie has talked about it his whole life. Um, Calvin tries to hide it. Okay. 
Um, yeah, it, the weird thing is, I mean, back knowing back in the 70s, like an MRI machine, that was the that was kind of the weird thing for me. But if he's recalling it and saying it was kind of like an MRI machine that he had probably seen in the future. Yeah, so, it could be okay, like, gotcha. my memories from back then are, I, that's what an MRI now, you, you know, you were, basically what you were saying. Um, yeah. But how it goes around your head. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, now, after the examinations were over, both Kelvin and Charlie would claim some sort of like robot type thing uh, carried them both back to the banks of the river. Once the two of them started to regain their constitutions, they quickly made their way back to the car, still uh, in a bit of shock um, after what they had just experienced. They didn't even notice that apparently the car window had been shattered and they were having a really tough time even getting the car to turn over, which is especially weird because apparently this was a brand new car or a newer car that had never had problems before. So I think what they're leaning on here is maybe the noise from the ship or the pressure from the ship or something had shattered the window. And then you kind of always hear about that equipment malfunction when UFOs are around, you know what I mean? Oh, like, uh, well, like an EMP or something like yeah. that, kind of fucking up their battery or possibly the, the crazy woman inside the, uh, inside the spaceship just, you know, vandalize their car like crazy <laughs> women are known to do. So, <laughs> so you think, well, it wasn't keyed. It was just, the window was just broken and it was only one window. Okay, just one window. Just one window. So it's kind of kind of what their thing is, uh, like the thrust, like maybe hit it on just one side and that window shattered. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think the robot thing's kind of interesting, though, um, because unless the initial things that brought them on the ship were robots, too, because they do kind of have a robot look, but I would imagine an advanced species um, that can travel, you know, inter- galactically would probably have a robot or something like that oh definitely it's um or just the machines they had on board um probably had so much movement and so much action that it just looked it must be a robot doing this and not you know kind of like how the things that we have now are so much more advanced people would probably think that it was almost like a like oh wow that's like it's almost like a independently thinking robot doing those things. Like, no, it's actually just programmed into it, you know, <laughs> but they wouldn't understand programs back then. Well, if there were three beings, maybe they had um, uh, Jeff Bezos was one of them. Elon Musk was the other one. And uh, why can't I think of the owner of Facebook? Oh, God Zuckerberg. Damn. He was the other one. There's the three yeah, aliens. Zuckerberg. There's the three Definitely. aliens right there or the three robots <laughs> right there. Um, yeah, the the funny thing is Musk and uh, <laughs> the guy who made Amazon probably would look at Zuckerberg and be like, no, you're right about him being the fucking alien, the fucking android. But <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I thought you were going to say Obama there for a second. No, but no, no. Obama probably would have been the the one giving an examination. Yeah. Or he's in his he's in his time ship. Um, all above it, you know, just kind of watching what's happened, taking notes and, <laughs> you know, seeing what he could do to uh, destroy the future. By the way, I, I don't think I made it super clear, but they almost made it sound like um, what the woman was doing in their throat was like 
either putting something there, like an implant or like a device or something, or messing with something that was already in their throat. Do you know what I mean? Okay, gotcha. Almost like she was doing like maintenance. Um, yeah. If he had been abducted before. Okay. Yes. Um, and when you hear abductions, a lot of the abductions I've heard, it's always like people see them like installing something or like putting an implant or like modifying something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Almost like they had been abducted before and yeah. now they're kind of just coming in for a tune up. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. So I don't know. Mm. Kind of an interesting aspect there. Now, once they both got the car running and they started getting away from the area, both of the men that were talking to each other in the car and they both agreed they weren't going to tell anybody what happened. They're just going to go home and just pretend like nothing happened. But as they continued to drive along, Charlie changed his mind and he, he decided he wanted to contact somebody. So he would call Kessler Air Force Base in Biloxi. And according to him, they informed him that they no longer handle UFO reports. Uh, feeling he didn't have anywhere else to turn, the two men then headed to Jackson County Sheriff's Department, where they would be initially questioned separately about what exactly happened to him. And then afterwards, they were put into a room together where the cops had been secretly taping them to see if, like, they were kind of like corroborating their stories or like we're going to say something to make it appear as they were lying or something like that. Yeah. So, Working together. They're seeing their level. I gotcha. Right. Yeah. That's um Keesler Air Force Base. Keesler. Yeah. Okay. Keesler. Is this yeah. not where, is this where you were? No, probably not. No, um, we were actually, so they kind of had us on an army, um, kind of like an army national guard base. We weren't at ah. Keesler. Okay. We were we were kind of just at like a school, like a training school. Is is that how you say it? Biloxi, 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 Biloxi. Okay, sounds like a casino. Yeah, it does. It's it's actually kind of a nice little city. Nice little. There's a lot of tourism there. Um, oh. It's pretty. Uh, they have like they have casinos there. They have really good. Um, obviously, they have really good barbecue there. So it's really, you got got to, they know what the fuck they're doing. You got to have good barbecue there, man. Well, yeah, if you talk like that, you better have some fucking good barbecue places (laughs) around. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Like in the, I was just thinking about this in the movies. You always like whenever they have aliens, they always seem to go to the nearest air force base. And like the people at the air force base are always like, you know, willing and able to, they want to hear their story. They want to like try to cover it up. They want to do this. They want to get ready. If the case, they have to fight them or something. What a lot of people don't realize is just they're normal people with just jobs, like in the right. air force, right. you know, they're, they're usually just blue collar kids who needed money for a school or something like that. Yeah. It's not, uh, it's not quite what people would think like, Oh, if we go to the air force base, they'll help us. Or we report to them. Right. Like they don't care. So like, and they probably also think you're fucking crazy too. So So okay, these two gentlemen, you're working on a vehicle there. They come up to you and say, "Man, we've been abducted. You need to help us with aliens. What are you doing?" I would ask them what the fuck they're doing on the base. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your escort? Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> How did you two crackheads get in the base in the base, man? 
Did you jump the fence? What's going on? <laughs> also, I'm not exactly sure. So Keesler is kind of big. Um, it's a big training base. I'm pretty sure there's a there's quite a few uh, people who have their their tech school, which is the school you go to after basic training to learn your job. Um, security forces, I think part of their training is there. Not exactly sure what their mission was, but so close to Cuba back in the 70s, I wonder if it had anything to do with you know, worrying about, you know, bigger fiskies to fry, basically. That very well could be. Um, well, anyway, let's, I have a little bit of the audio that was, uh, um, that was recorded without their knowledge. Apparently this wasn't like made public until I think like 2019, I believe, or something like that. So, um, okay. Yeah. It's the cops. Apparently the story goes is that the cops thought they were making it up, but after they heard the secret, like, recording from the two, they're like, oh, shit, I think we've got something here. Now, their accents are really hard, the audio is bad, and the accents are really hard to understand, but we'll just see if we can make out anything they're saying here. Okay. Now, uh, I don't <laughs> wow. know about you, but I cannot make out hardly anything they're saying. But it's something about like, oh boy, it's going to happen again. He said, Jesus Christ, I think, or something like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Could you make out what they're saying? Not really. Yeah. Uh, uh, was there possibly some transcripts? It <laughs> no. may, maybe someone from that area who was also possibly not, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's, I mean, the audio is a little bit shaky, something that you would expect from the time, but it, it does kind of sound like they're not exactly like, you know, running a game plan. It sounds like no. they're more worried. Yeah. I was going to say know? they, they sound like in shock almost. Yes. Yeah. There, it doesn't sound cause they think that they're alone and they don't, there's nothing. Possibly they think they're being recorded. Who knows? But supposedly they don't know that they're being recorded. So it definitely doesn't sound like they're like corroborating things together. You know? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. I know we have listeners in the South. Um, If you can translate any of that, um, feel free to contact us on any of our (laughs) email or Instagram or anything. Um, Phil will go through that at the end of the show, but yeah, uh, yeah it's Sublim- subliminal D podcast at gmail.com. If you could actually understand more than three words that they were saying, please get a hold of us. Yeah. <laughs> now, as mentioned, the, the audio from what you can make out, it does sound like the gentlemen are kind of distressed. And as I mentioned, initially the cops didn't believe them, but after they listened to that, they're like, okay, maybe these guys, 
Maybe these there's something to this, even though they didn't tell them until much later they were secretly recording them. But after the they left the cop shop, um, they basically asked the police officers, hey, don't tell anybody about this. We just kind of want to leave this, you know, between you guys and us. But somebody um, decided, fuck that. So they just unleashed the hounds on them. Um, they claimed the following day, news vans were flooding their workplace, their home, the town, everywhere there. Um, one person who would show up within 36 hours of the incident being reported was well-known ufologist Dr. J. Allen Hynek and Dr. James Harder. Now, as we okay. know, Dr. J. Allen Hynek um, had been part of Project Blue Book, but at the, I'm not really sure if he would have been working on it at this time or not, or if it would have had already been over. I'm not certain, but obviously Dr. Hynek is very big in the UFO community. Oh, yeah. Basically, like as far as like UFO researchers go, he's kind of like the granddaddy of them all. Right. Right. Yeah. Literally writing the book on like research and investigating UFOs. He, according to these guys, um, these two came into town and immediately did hypnosis on them. And according, you know, Hynek's dead now, but um, yeah. he, he said their claims was like one of the greatest UFO stories he's had ever heard of. Okay. So one of the one of the most legitimate that he had heard. I wonder if they actually were working, like you said before, if Project Blue Book or if they were kind of like working for any kind of like investigation, um, you know, like what would become MUFON. You know what I mean? Right. See, that's what I was wondering, because I know Blue Book ended sometime around this area and then Hynek kind of left that and then went immediately kind of into UFO research. Um, but I don't know, maybe he came on the government's behest, but it seemed like he got there really fucking fast after it, it kind of got out. Well, yeah, back then, I mean, possibly, you know, I wonder also we didn't mention, well, you know, you mentioned they had gone to talk to people at Keesler. Maybe it kind of filtered back up the chain through the government from the boys at Keesler Air Force Base. Because if they did their reporting and said, oh, yeah, some, you know, two crazy guys saw some UFO and were abducted, you know, making fun of it. Then all of a sudden it, it you know, the colonel caught wind of it and he sent it up the chain. It's so. very possible. Well, the Air Force was handling Blue Book. I, I do believe that's right. Yes. Yeah. So they were they were one of a few different. But, yeah, it was uh, it was an Air Force thing, too. So. So, then, yeah, I, I, I don't know. They. He got here fast somehow. Yeah. To get there in a day and a half. That's back in the 70s before Internet. You know, basically it was, you know, just coming in through the phone lines. So, yeah, I all the way to all the way to Mississippi, which no one wants to go. You know, <laughs> no one wants to go to Mississippi <laughs> the, if they don't have to go. The so. fucking mosquito infested hell. Oh, yeah. Mosquitoes the size of fucking hummingbirds. <laughs> Now, once they were kind of in the public spotlight, um, like I said, Charlie, he was okay with it. He dealt with it. He could take the licks. But Calvin, it was a much different story. He ended up having to quit his job at the shipyard 
from harassment from the reporters and he moved back home but continued to be harassed by reporters and found himself repeatedly quitting his job in an attempt just to get away from him. Uh, eventually, he just signed a, he kind of changed his name to Randy simply to hide from him. And like I said, he would basically remain silent about the whole thing for the next 47 years. Um, now, before he completely came out of hiding, um, kind of right when it started... Uh, both he and Charlie had taken several polygraph tests, which they allegedly had passed, a voice stress test, which they passed. As I mentioned, they were hypnotized three times. Uh, additionally, it was documented by the sheriffs that both men had came in with weird puncture wounds on their arm. And okay. like I said, because of this, all the information, um, how intricate their stories are, and kind of how they, you know, align with each other. The abduction case is considered to be one of the more well-documented ones in history. So, again, you can fake a polygraph, which I assume means you can fake a voice stress test. I'm not really sure about that. Um, well, imagine the person giving that voice stress test. I mean, hopefully they are also from, you know coastal mississippi and they can actually <laughs> understand what the two of them are saying imagine some guy from ohio coming in to give him a voice stress test after five minutes he'd just be like yeah yeah you pass whatever just i can't take this anymore i i don't know what i, you I don't said. know i don't know what the hell you said sir but um yeah i i don't know it's uh we can't understand you but i think you passed I don't know what he said, but he said it with confidence, <laughs> and I need to go out and smoke a cigarette and rethink my life choices, so it just leaves. <laughs> I didn't even consider that one, Phil. Um, yeah. But I'm just kidding. It's the 70s. He's smoking inside. They all are. <laughs> Very true. Good times. The golden Pro era. He's probably dripping uh, cigarette ash onto the polygraph machine, to be honest with you. Yep. Just blowing away the ashes. Just <laughs> <laughs> Now, so... Okay, these guys would write books individually, okay? So, um, Calvin, he kind of remained hidden for a really long time. So, his book didn't come out till I guess, 2018, and it was called uh, Pascalua, The Closest Encounter, My Story. That one was written by Calvin Parker. Now, UFO Contact at Pascalua was written by uh, Charles Hicksman. So they both wrote their own books there about their encounters. So, um, so yeah, they, they I, I didn't read the books for the show, but I bet they're interesting to say the least. But I think as far as I could tell, most of their stories are pretty parallel in what happened. So when did, so Calvin, he wrote his in 2019 or had it published in 2018. When did Charlie's come out? I'm trying to find that this says 2017 but that doesn't make sense because he was he's been dead for a really long time since or he's been dead since 2011 unless they published it after he uh had died and, which i wouldn't doubt but uh well possibly he had been trying to get it published for years and then they like some renewed interest maybe but yeah it's a little weird i because you would think he kind of you said that he was handling like the the reporters a lot better, and you would think that he would. Um, I in my mind, it's like, oh, did he like 
did he write the book in like the eighties or the nineties, like right away after, but yeah, I didn't, um, 2017, like six years after he died, maybe it's like, maybe a ghostwriter finished it for him or it could be, I, I'm not exactly sure. Um, I, it, the thing is, is most of the stuff I looked up was from Calvin's angle because it's, there is like a hundred fucking websites that were like one paragraph describing what happened because they didn't have <laughs> like the full story, but there was yeah. a singular website that had a shitload of information speaking from Calvin's side. Um, and it seemed to go a lot more in line with, um, the big story of what happened. And then after I looked at his, I read more websites about Charlie and kind of mishmashed the little recollections that he had that were different. So, okay. Um, yeah. yeah, just kind of like fusing them together. And if there was any discrepancies, kind of just mentioning where they saw stuff differently. That was basically gotcha. it. Putting down the Venn diagram. Yeah. Basically. Of, gotcha. Oh, okay. So yeah, it go ahead. Oh, I was going to say it's uh, yeah, I don't know the, Basically, I wonder if a lot of those websites were possibly made like prior to 2019, and that's all they had to go along was they were all just kind of copying each other, copying like old news stories. And then this this book did it maybe blow the like the doors wide open. It sounds like it, but you would have you would have had to take the time to read it. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. And a lot like most of the websites um, were legitimate like news either newspaper websites or like news tell local television station stories. Okay. Gotcha. Is the sun Herald? Is that in Phoenix? The sun Herald? Yeah. I don't think so. There's a lot of newspapers that have like the sun. Okay. So whoever the sun Herald is, um, they wanted to try to charge like $10 per month to read their website. And I'm like, why would oh, anybody God, no. pay Fuck that? Them. Yeah, I'm like, why would you pay them when the exact same story is everywhere else? Yeah, I always hate it. You know, obviously you can just clear out your cookies and, you know, get around that kind of stuff. But you would think the big thing about the Internet is making money off of ad revenue. If someone's actually clicking on your website, don't send them away. Why are you doing that? Like people only are going to um, it says here that uh, it's, it's the Biloxi Sun Herald. By the gotcha. way, okay. Biloxi Sun. I just I just Googled it while I was talking, but I never understood why like newspapers who are struggling anyway wouldn't welcome people, you know, if they have a good story to come and look at their website and possibly like click on more of their stories down at the bottom, you know, and have them read their advertisements the entire way down. You know, why would you try to why would you put a paywall up? For something that someone only really wants like one of, you know. <laughs> I don't forever. know. I don't know. Uh, it's like if you go to the Daily Mirror or um, the New York Post, obviously you can read those for free, but my God, there are so many ads on that fucking page. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the it's they've got it right. I mean, the Sun Herald there, you know, obviously there aren't people, you know, fucking kicking down the door to try to read the Sun Herald, <laughs> obviously. But, no. you know, you would think they put out a good story every once in a while. Something that has to do with, you know, Southern Mississippi. People will look at that. Maybe they read other articles. People, you know, see the advertisements. Even if they're not making a lot, they're making a lot more than 
you know, off of people. This is just my fucking rant, but they're making a lot more <laughs> than people who just aren't paying the $10 and are walking away from the story. Here's another you know? thing. If two things, if you can translate the, the gentleman speaking on the recording emails, if you are an active subscriber to the Sun Herald, <laughs> please email us and tell us if it is a awesome newspaper. That's we need to know that. Yeah, we'll uh, figure it out ne- on next week's episode. We'll let everyone know <laughs> if somebody can uh, send that to us because we're not paying the money. So <laughs> uh, now it appears that sometime in June of 2019, the location where the Pascalua abduction actually transpired, that rickety old dock that doesn't exist anymore, um, they actually had put up a historical marker kind of detailing uh, the alien abduction and everything that happened there. Um, And this was kind of one of the first times that Calvin Parker kind of came out into the public view and went and visited this historical marker and he claimed the only reason that he actually made an appearance to go there at the time was to honor his friend, Charlie Hickson, who had died in 2011, which is kind of nice of him. Yeah. Well, it's good that they remained friends, you know, throughout that time. The in- yeah. It, the didn't, in- it didn't sound like they had hostility towards each other. Just Char- or, uh, Calvin did not like the media. Yeah. Well, I mean... To get barrage like that from the media, even a small time, it's not like they're huge celebrities getting hammered by, you know, every single paper on earth, every single news, you know, agency. But for them, for especially if you're a private person and having any kind of like reporters chasing after you, you'd really fucking hate it, especially if you were just kind of, you know, just normal folk out there. Well, I mean, think about it. The quote from the earlier, the only thing he wanted was. To get married, have children and grandchildren, retire and go fishing. He doesn't sound like somebody who wants... He's not Lindsay Lohan who wants media attention. Oh, definitely. No. Yeah. He just wants to, <laughs> he just wants to procreate, work his ass off, and then go fishing when he's too tired to fuck or work anymore. <laughs> he's basically a fucking house cat. Um, but uh, anyway, so let's kind of get down to the nitty gritty of... What exactly do we think happened? Were they actually abducted by aliens or was it possibly something else? Um, As mentioned, according to the sheriffs, when they first came in to tell the story, uh, the cops actually thought they were just drunk. And like Hmm. I said, changed their minds afterwards after they heard kind of that secret recording. Um, Now, there's one person by the name. There's always has to be a dissenter. Uh, This one's name is Joe Nickel. Now, he was weary of the men's story to begin with, and he believes strongly that Charlie might have been suffering from a hypocogic, uh, which is basically a, quote, waking dream state, very similar to sleep paralysis. And he mm-hmm. thinks that Charlie experienced this, experienced the whole um, alien abduction and all of that, and that Calvin Parker is just so simple. He's really gullible. And he's like, oh, that happened to me too. Um, That's what this guy thinks. Okay. Almost like Charlie really, really wanted this to happen. And then he talked about it so much. Calvin Parker just happened to like, okay, I'll jump, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, that did happen. Yeah. So maybe that possibly explains why why their stories differ a little bit. It's interesting though, I've never heard of this before, Phil, 
where you have, like you spoke of, sleep paralysis, and then there's something called a hypnagogic, which is, it almost sounds like you're sleeping, but like sitting up or like you're dreaming, but you're conscious or like something. I don't know. It seems different yeah. than sleep paralysis. I'm not really sure what the hell it is. Um, but basically what he's saying is at the moment they were fishing, Charlie experienced this um, dream state and then he was convinced it's real. And for some reason he was able to convince Kelvin that that also happened to him in the dream state. Yeah. Well, that's that's a bit of a for it to not also happen to Kelvin. Part, but I can see if Kelvin was kind of conflicted with, you know, just agreeing with his buddy, but also not really, you know, no wonder he didn't want to talk to any reporters or didn't really, you know, wasn't comfortable talking to a bunch of people about this. Yeah, it's. Just, I don't know. I just feel like you'd have to be really dumb to just kind of believe that that happened to you, right? Yeah, or just a great pal, you know. Yeah, you're, I suppose it's You're just true. willing to, you're like, no, no, I got my buddies back no matter what. He says he saw some fucking aliens. He saw some <laughs> aliens and I saw them too, you know. <laughs> I mean, the man did offer to let me fuck his wife and use his fishing equipment. I have to go along with what he says. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, And there's not really too many other possibilities here. It's either it happened, uh, maybe it's a sleep paralysis, or they just made it up for attention. But uh, kind of by the way Calvin acted, I don't really know if I believe that one. I could see Charlie making this up. From the sounds, from the story that you've told, um, I don't know, you you did, while we were having a little bit of a break, you said that this is a lot more famous of a story than I had realized, because I've never really heard of this this alien abduction story before. But it is from, kind of like from the sounds of it, it sounds like this Charlie, like, almost really wanted it to happen. So Right, right. Um, so, like, like you said, he made it up or something, and then... Calvin just agreed to go along with them. Yeah, kind of uh, just w- said, "Well, fuck it," you know. Didn't really, didn't really want to fight back, and then it kind of got. I mean, imagine, imagine Charlie just saying, "Oh, don't worry. All it's going to be is we're just going to go, you know, talk to the police, report our story, and then you know we'll have something cool to tell people at the bar, you know." And then all of a sudden, thirty-six hours later, two of the premier alien, you know, alien specialists on Earth you know, civilian come and talk to them and there's reporters everywhere and they're getting hypnotized. And he's like, Oh, I didn't want any, you know, I, I didn't buy this bill of goods. You know, now that brings up a good point though. If they were lying and then they hypnotized them or whatever they do to get this information out of them subconsciously, wouldn't it be difficult for Calvin to be lying about? Well, I don't know. Wouldn't it be difficult for Calvin to, be pulling the story out of his subconscious because if we believe that Charlie would have had to made up the whole story and then Calvin would have had to basically memorize it. And when they were being interrogated by the sheriff separately, their stories were the same. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? That's true. I mean, and yeah, I can't really, can't really come up with one on that one. I don't really hypnosis works. I do know that kind of, if you want, if you're, for the person who's being hypnotized, in a lot of cases, 
they will almost go along with what so if the person who's hypnotizing them wants them to like give a story or a recounting they'll kind of like lead them it's almost like a dance you yeah. know they'll kind of lead them they'll almost be like more compliant like wanting to make the the person hypnotizing them happy you yeah. know now possibly it could be something like that now that just remind me there's two more things here number one okay. they say hypnotism only really works on simpler people right less intelligent yep. people that's what they claim i don't know um so if if we go with the story that calvin just went along with what charlie said i would assume that signifies he might not be the brightest bulb um and yep. number two if they pass the polygraph test if calvin's not that smart i feel like it'd be really hard for him to be able to lie that much you know what i mean yeah, that's true. But I mean, the polygraph is a little bit of a weird one too. It is. And uh the voice stress one. They yeah, were I don't know, is it can you be I don't really want to this is going to sound really Can someone be dumb enough that they actually are told something and then kind of like just start believing it like wholeheartedly even though they knew it to not be true. You know what I mean? Like could could you pass a polygraph even though like what what you're saying didn't happen, but just you like as long as you believe it that you'll pass the polygraph. Do you know what I mean? I mean, maybe from what I've heard, you have to be usually it's more intelligent people who can lie because they can, I don't know, like manipulate their body into <laughs> not reacting or, when they're lying or, or they take drugs and it kind of calms their body system down True. to the point where. It doesn't matter what they say. Their body's not going to react to anything. Now, so. let me ask you this, and I'm sorry to anybody this might offend out there. In your experience, Phil, when you when you have a coworker, let's just say you have a coworker, yeah. they're a little dumber than most people. You know, every job has this person. In my yep. experience, that person is terrible at lying. Oh, yeah. Yep. They can't... Uh... They can't make it happen, no. but they're actually, they're actually the best person to use. <laughs> this is kind of <laughs> going to sound evil. So basically if that person asks, like, like if something, if something shitty happens and then you want to like convey a lie, but you don't want to like directly have to say the lie, you'll just tell that person. And then the supervisor will be like, all right, we'll call him. Let's call him Dota just for, you know fuck's sake all right dota what the fuck happened here and then if you had told dota previously the lie then he'll say well blah 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 all confident you know thinking they're telling the truth and really it's a lie but it's a secondhand lie that that person thinks is the truth since the boss knows this idiot is incapable of lying they're a good conduit basically you know hmm yes that's very true i think we should call that getting mitch mcconnell um <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's a good point too. If you are confident enough in your lie, people will believe you're telling the truth. Thus, if they get asked about the scenario, they'll convey that that is in fact the truth of what happened because that's what they heard happen. Yeah, there was, um, well, one thing you were saying, you were talking about like simple people, like simple minded people with like hypnosis, right? Right. There was, so when I was at uh, the first college that I went to, community college and they had the program um kind of bringing in like like troubled kids like troubled at youth kids um they were bringing them in to like kind of like learn trades so 
for some entertainment, uh, basically to keep, you know, 18 year olds from drinking themselves to death out in the fucking fields in Iowa, they had brought in a hypnotist and the hypnotist had asked if anyone on stage had been um, hypnotized before and a few people raised their hands. So he brought them on stage and he was kind of talking to them a little bit and he was talking to this one kid a little bit and it was one of the kids who was in that program and he was a he was a little bit on the less intelligent side and he said now i'm going to show everyone you know if you've been hypnotized before it's really easy to hypnotize this person again and he goes like shake my hand he shakes his hand then he pulls on his arm and the kids imp- like instantly hypnotized so i can definitely see that like a simpler person like easily getting hypnotized right maybe i maybe maybe the word like simpler is not the right word maybe i should say more suggestible i think uh, that's what yeah. they say like, stupid yeah <laughs> someone who's highly suggestible um yeah but but yeah so okay with that all out of the way our little uh psychology breakdown here um what what does your heart tell you what happened to these guys well after listening i mean obviously right off the bat i'm going Alice when I first was hearing what you were talking about. But I do actually kind of like the explanation of um, not Charlie having a waking dream, but Charlie making it up and being able to convince Calvin that it really happened. Okay. So you don't think these two got abducted then? No, I don't. Okay. All right. And I think they fucked up their car. (laughs) Well, they, it was Mississippi in the 70s. I assume their blood alcohol level was at least a point one two. So, oh, we'll, yeah. uh, <laughs> It's not Georgia, but it is just some good old boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Uh, what, do you, what do you think? What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I think it's hard to say. I kind of want to believe them. But on the other hand, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's hard to believe alien abduction exists at all. Um, But, yeah, I would say maybe, I don't know, could they have a group hallucination or something? I don't know. Um, Possibly. Yeah, I don't know. Or a misidentification and then Charlie convinced him as a UFO. I don't know, something like that. Um, I, I will say, though, that the reason why I think that it was Charlie who kind of like led what the story was besides what you were saying right away you were talking you described the ufo the or you described the aliens and then you showed like the artist's conception of what the aliens looked like it very much looks like so the the charlie the older gentleman would have been like a teenager during the 1950s right right that's that's very much what the old sci-fi aliens used to look like like very very much what they used to look like so that's very true. And I think um, the day the earth stood still. Yep. I th- think the original was made around that time. I could be wrong. Yeah. During the 19, like late 60s and 1970s, what Calvin's conception of what an alien would look like would start to look like more of the disgusting kind of creature aliens, I think, is a lot what like pop culture was putting out about aliens like during the 60s and 70s. So that's right. kind of why I think that's it's what Charlie's making up in his mind. So Right. It's uh I mean obviously we'll never know now because Charlie's long since dead and he never changed his story through his life. Calvin's still alive, we don't know 
for how long. He's looking kind of old these days, but uh, if anybody yeah. uh, wants to email us about any of the stipulations that we talked about through the show here or want to give us their opinion on this case, where can they do that, Phil? Yes, if anyone has a subscription to the Biloxi Sun Herald <laughs> and would like to share their password with us, our email is subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we love hearing from everybody. You know, uh, basically just... It's been great. We've actually, I want to congratulate Cody, not only on 150 episodes of, you know, real episodes, but also we actually hit a milestone. We had half a million downloads that we surpassed this weekend. So fucking, it took three years to get here. And we've in the past year, we've just blasted into the fucking sky. So it's awesome. Uh, Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, If you want to get a hold of us also, there's another way, our Instagram account, subliminal deception podcast on ig also another great way awesome hearing from people you know the all of the likes and all of the episode ideas they're awesome uh keep them coming cody and i both have our own instagram accounts mine is sd podfill cody you got one yeah you can follow me at cody's above uh thank you to everybody who messages me i love talking about the episodes or other weird abnormal things in your guys's life i love hearing those stories as well um but the last thing we need you guys to do is to log on to iTunes, leave the show a five-star review. doesn't really matter what you say as long as it's a five-star, preferably written. Uh, thank you to everybody who's taking time to do that. If you are a Spotify user, it's even easier. You just have to click the five stars, leave it a review. You don't even have the option to write. So that is extremely beneficial, and thank you to everybody who's done that as well. Uh, Cheers to everybody who's been here for all 150 episodes. We greatly appreciate you listening. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.